0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. And we all are probably, most of us um, under the age of 25, are challenged with just being bombarded with so many isms, so many stuff that come your way. Um, people that come across your path, and and the question is, what, what is truth? And the challenge concerning truth, you know, and um, so let me read a couple of scriptures, then we're going to watch a short video clip of somebody that you can really listen to his stuff, Ravi Zacharias, and um, and really begin to realize, like, hey, if I stand... Uh, then I must stand for the truth. There's a lot of people standing for stuff. There's a lot of people that are fundamental about things and passionate about, you know, even liberalism and a lot of stuff. People are very passionate about certain things. But um, when you stand for the truth, then there's there's something that happens. There's a stability in your life. Um, the challenge just is there's so much relativism in our world. That there's little hope. There's, you know, that's why so many people are struggling with anxiety, depression, and fear. Because we are a hopeless society. We've become hopeless because we have walked away from truth. And especially that truth is absolute. So, God is a God of truth. And David understood this. There's a couple of scriptures. I'm gonna just read it to you. You can take out your phone, take a photo of it, and read it later. Uh, Psalm 25 verse 10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, to such as keep his covenant and his testimony. Psalm 26 verse 3, for your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. Psalm 40 verse 11, do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. Psalm 85 verse 10, mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Cast- psalm eighty six verse fifteen but you o Lord, our God, full of compassion and gracious love long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. We see this concept in the Bible a lot about mercy and truth, loving kindness and truth, grace and truth, even when it refers to Jesus coming into the earth. In John chapter 1 verse 14 it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 verse 17, three verses later. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. A lot of people want to know the love of God, but they don't want to know the truth. <laughs> a lot of people want to know the truth, but they don't want to know the love. And there's a, there's a relationship between love, grace, loving kindness, mercy, and the truth of God. You cannot say, I understand God's love, if you don't embrace first what is truth. <laughs> and the challenge of that ability to walk in truth. And, um, and so all of us, uh, probably, you know, we, we live in a society, even when you look at the news, when you open up and you read something, then... At the back of your mind, you sort of think like, yo, is this really truth? You know, is this fake news? Is this real news? Is this really happening, what I'm listening? You know, did somebody really land on the moon? You know, is is the earth really round or is it flat? You know, and and so there's a lot of stuff. And then people go into these conspiracy theories. And there's a lot of stuff even about yourself. And so... um, there's a challenge for you and I to align ourselves first to who God is. You must always ask, like, what do I think when I think about God? Because my perception of God will determine the way that I worship Him. So if I think God is this old man with his stick up there, that he's just angry and sin conscious, you know, and, and he just wants to strike sin in my life, then you're going to start to respond in that way. If you think God just is just love and gracious and, and he just forgives you all the time. Then you're going to respond that way. Maybe you're going to just keep on sinning and keep on doing anything. And yeah, yeah, just, you know, there's no accountability then in your relationship. So the way that you see God is the way that you worship him and serve him. So a lot of people are keeping a distant relationship with God. they like, the God up there. You know, the old man with the stick. The man that I just want to please and maybe I'm going to go on with my life. And, and some people really walk in truth. And so to be able to know who you are, you mustn't first know who God is, who created you. We are a created being. We're not the creator. And so we need to come to the creator to understand why we're here, why is there morality, why is there destiny. You know, in the moment when you take out truth, then there will be no moral, moral values. The moment when you take truth out of society, then there will be no sort of sense of hope and destiny. And so a lot of people are losing hope. And they say, hey, just hope in hope or try hope. At, but there's, when you look around you, even in South Africa, there's so many people that are so full of fear. They are so hopeless. They just want to run away out of the country or do stuff. And, and there's, there's a lot of shaking happening at the moment, especially in believers' lives. We're not excluded because uh, shaking starts in the house of God. Challenges start right here in our hearts. So we're going to watch a short video of four minutes, still four minutes thirty, um, of this discussion on truth, and then we're going to go into it. Are you with me? Shake your neighbor and say, take out the popcorn. Okay, absolutely, it's not a name of somebody else on capacity, okay? <clears throat> I remember um, having this moment with uh, one of my children after this one ate the whole slab of chocolates, you know, and... Um, the, the slab actually disappeared, okay? Like, there's one of these big slabs. And um, after this child was under the bed for an hour gone, you know, I came and I realized, like, I hear, I'm hearing the, the little paper of the chocolate, and then I said, where's the chocolate, yeah? and um, And then this child came out and stood there, and I said, what happened to the chocolate? And he said, it disappeared. I said, now what is the chocolate next to your mouth? He said, you are imagining, you are deceived. <laughs> and I thought, sure, you're three years old and you lie, <laughs> you know. Inherently, we There's a lie, you know, and inherently there's a father of lies. And that's why we're living in this time where there's so much compromise in the church and sometimes in our own lives because we actually think that everything is relative to where I am and I am at the center of this relationship with God. But that is not true. (laughs) And so to make that shift to where God is at the center takes quite a challenge because it means you have to leave some of your culture behind. I have to sort of like take a couple of steps away from, sure, am I just taking the things that I'm learning in the world and I'm applying that and I'm just a good person or another good Christian trying to behave well? Or am I really living in this place where I understand that Christ is everything? Christ is the absolute in my life. And therefore, whatever I yield my life to, whatever I give myself to, that thing becomes my Christ or my Lord. So if I submit to fear all the time, and there's a lot of people living in fear, then fear becomes my master because I make sure that that thing has got a rule over my life. Or maybe it's unforgiveness in my heart. You know, sometimes you can walk around with unforgiveness. And the other day, you know, um, there was this one guy that really like messed up and he did some stuff very bad, you know, I was so angry, you know, I wanted to hit him in the face and break his leg and his arm, and when I saw him the other day, I I didn't want to break his arm or his leg, but I still wanted to hit him in the face, you know, so I'm walking there and I think like, if the people in church knows what I'm thinking right now, you know. But, but I didn't tell them at, at least, shh, don't tell anybody else. You know, so I was, I was standing there, I'm thinking like, yo, you know? I'm, I still feel this anger towards this person for what he did to some other people. And I realized like, sure, because I'm registering this, this guy and this anger is actually ruling me. I'm allowing this thing to be lord of my life. I'm allowing that unforgiveness or that sing To actually be Lord of my life. And so Jesus said this in John chapter 14 verse 6 and 7. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. (laughs) And so there's an invitation for us, all of us as Christians in this time to align ourselves to what the Bible says and what God says. And to say, sure, I know what I believe and I will stand on it. (laughs) And there's a massive challenge because when you walk out those doors, you're going to be bombarded with things, with ideas. You're going to walk into the campus, you know, and and, you know that 70% of people, of Christian children and people that come out of a Christian home onto a campus will lose their faith within three years. Because of being bombarded with this whole idea of humanism and stuff but especially lies and so we can talk a lot about worldviews and all that stuff but I don't want to get into an intellectual you know teaching today but what I want to tell us is that there's a father of lies and there's a father and a spirit of truth and when you and I come to recognize who Jesus is it means that it's so easy to worship him because we realize he's like the stable one in your life the only stability you know that even you and I, as we're sitting here, we are changing. Some of us are losing more hair than other people. Okay, don't look at anybody next to you right now, okay? But you're actually, you're actually changing, even skin on your, the skin on your skin is changing. You're losing old skin and you're reproducing, blood is being reproduced. You're changing all the time. Your body, as you're sitting here, you are changing. And so the one thing in your life that you're going to need to know is that there's going to be a lot of change, a lot of choices, a lot of things in your life as you go on. Changes, 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 but there's only one constant. And that constant is God and his word. There's nothing else that, that will change like us and the circumstances and the cultures. And we're at, at a stage where the whole culture is in moral decay. It's, it's falling apart because of relativism. But you and I know need to know the word as truth in our lives. So, how many of you want to be completely free? Raise your hand quickly. If you, you want to be free in Christ. Okay, so Jesus said it a couple of times, and let's go read John chapter 8, verse 31 to 35. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abram's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Wow, Freedom. <laughs> There's a lot of people portraying freedom, but they're actually in bondage according to scripture because they're giving themselves over to lusts and to sins and they become a slave to that sin. Don't for one moment think that if you continue in that pornography or you continue in that thing that you're actually free. No, you're actually, you're actually serving that thing. That thing becomes your master. But Jesus said, I want to tell you that there's a key. Those who the Son has set free is free indeed. And there is freedom. But you're going to need to start with a word. To abide in my word. And then you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. What a promise for you to be free from the things of this world. From the cultures of this world. From the stuff out there. And I don't know about you, but I want to be free. I want to be like that donkey in Shrek. Pick me, pick me. I want to be free, free, free. You know, maybe let's do a song. Where's um, Jason, okay? But this I'm not going to sing it. Why are you laughing like that? Okay, One day in heaven, I'm going to sing in the band. I mean, anybody else that's going to join me? Oh yeah. All those people that only sing in the, sh- in the shower. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, <clears throat> we have like people staying at the back of our house, and it's amazing. The first couple of people they like slept in 10 or 12 years. The first couple of people, they really had this amazing talent to sing. But the last three years, we've not been blessed with good singers. Sorry, Max. Sorry, Sebastian. Sorry. But, but they still sing, you know. At least there's freedom in singing. But one of my children said the one day, Oh, I so wish Debeer will come back in my year, you know. They're just the ones that can sing properly. Because we can hear them singing, you know. But at least there's like freedom. I don't know if, if, like, if you, when you sing, like, Whoa, you just feel like, there's something lifting Because, hey, you're speaking about God. You're releasing that truth over your life. And that's why worship is so important. That's why praising God is so important. Because you are declaring who He is. You're saying and speaking the truth. It's just very important that the songs that we sing these days are actually biblically accurate. Because there's a lot of songs that are not biblically accurate. There's a lot of songs that worship me. And they're a nice experience, but they're not Truth. They're not who Christ is. And that's why for Jesus to say, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. Sets him in a category that he was either God or he was a lunatic. Because he made an absolute statement. He said, I am. He didn't say, I'm going to give you 10 steps. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. It is, it is a crazy statement to make. And either you're going to believe that and I'm going to believe that or we need to walk away. But you can't, you can't be lukewarm. You can't be in between when you want to believe the word. Are you with me tonight? Because just that statement that he made should put you like, whoa. If that is what Jesus said and if that is the claim, like he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. If he, if he said that. Then it's, whoa, I need to realize, like, sure, you actually means business. And so these days, I, I like what the um, pastor from India said, you know, he used to eat these, or to read these little bread loaves, you know, this little scripture of the day, you know, and then he'll just pick one out and say, oh. I like that scripture. Oh, no, I don't like that one. That one is definitely for Danny, you know. <laughs> this one isn't for me, but like these little loaves, you had these little bread, and then you had like one verse per day, you know. And then at a stage, the Lord said to him, make and bake your own bread. And he realized like, ooh, I've got a challenge because I cannot just believe through other people. God is inviting you to believe him. And so that's why Jesus said in John, He said, you must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so the moment when you embrace God for who He is, then suddenly the Holy Spirit comes and brings confirmation of that, of who He really is. So we don't preach the healings of Jesus, we preach Jesus as a healer. Because when Jesus is there, healing will come. We don't preach, oh, God is for deliverance. We say, God is the deliverer. So wherever Jesus comes, there will be deliverance. And I remember being there at Potch, going with, with Angus, and we were touring all the campuses. And um, and so the evening before the time, he, we were praying together at the back, and he was saying, I'm not going to pray for healing today. And I thought like, oh. And then he said, I'm going to tell the people they must worship Jesus as the healer. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, Okay, you know, but I'm going to tell them I'm not going to pray for them for healing. So I thought, okay, that's quite bold. So then he came up and he says, tonight I'm praying for no one for healing. All I want to say is Jesus is the healer. And so the worship started and I think it was about the third song. A lady just on the side of the auditorium jumped out of a wheelchair that wasn't walking for four or five years. She was completely lame in in the bottom half. She just jumped out. As she was worshipping Jesus, she just jumped out of the wheelchair, came running to the front, just danced around, and we were all trying to figure out what is this lady doing here, you know. (laughs) She's obviously got like she's very free, but everybody was like screaming and shouting, like, wow, you know, going mad and nobody prayed for her. Nobody like laid hands on her, took the 10 steps of the healing program that they should go through and studied the Bible of all the healing scriptures and put it on the wall and, you know, put it on the wheelchairs wheel and just prophesied it over her. Nobody. (laughs) She just had an encounter with truth as to who Jesus is. And so the invitation for us is, is what do you actually believe and who do you actually worship? Who do I worship? So Jesus said, I'm the word. Made flesh. And so when we abide in the word, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. Listen to this in 2 Timothy 3, verse 12 to 17. It says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture. So, sure. uh, does that include Leviticus? Lamentations. Ecclesiastes. Song of Solomon, yeah. Okay, but so uh, all scripture is given by inspiration oh, all the men said amen. Amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the men of God, the man of God, the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Whoa. <laughs> what is <a> scripture? <laughs> This is Paul writing to Timothy, and we've been spending time there the past couple of weeks. He's he's telling him, he's admonishing him, he's challenging him. He says, look here, even when you desire to live godly in Christ, you know people are going to start saying bad stuff about you. Even if you, there's going to be persecution when you embrace the truth and you start to follow God. If you're compromised, you know what, nobody's ever going to say anything bad about you. If you keep on living in sin, there's no power in your life. But those who do step out and say, God, I want to follow you. I'm not perfect, I'm just broken, but I've got this hunger. I've got this thirst inside of me for you. I want want to live in your fullness. He says, do you know what's going to happen? Deception out there is going to grow worse and worse. But you must continue in the things which you have learned. And not just that you have learned, but you've been assured of them. (laughs) You know, Paul writes this so many times. He says, I'm convinced of the, of the blood of Christ and the love of Christ. He says, I'm, I'm actually persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Imagine you are persuaded, you are assured, you are convinced of something. Then you lay down your life for that thing. Isn't that what the first disciples did? They all died a martyr's death. And they didn't die for a lie. Sure. What a testimony. And from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So I want I want you to, to know this, that when you take your Bible tomorrow, and I want to encourage you, you know, don't, I don't like reading the Bible from from the phone. I know there's apps and all that stuff and all that stuff, but there's something about that Bible when you just have it in your mind and you, in your hand, and you just say, "Lord, thank you for your Word." When you just read it out loud, and you say, "Lord, this is this is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, divides between bone and marrow. It's living. It's powerful. <laughs> the Word of God, the truth of God, and there are so many people just walking away from it." So many people are taking certain parts and just say, no, 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 do you know what, we should be more tolerant, we should be more this, we should be, no, 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 you know, times have changed. It's always cultural, you know. Don't add one thing and don't take one thing away. And that's why I says scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. When you read scripture, sometimes you're going to feel like, oh, I need to change. Well, that's a good thing. Okay, don't just read the stuff that's nice. I'm more than an overcomer in Jesus. Yes, amen, you are. I want to know Christ and the fellowship of his sufferings. No, no, that doesn't sound good for me, but that's good for Marlon, you know. Marlon Mashay, they may suffer a little bit. But the rest of you, you know. There's such a freedom, it's profitable. For instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete for every work. If you want to be complete, if you want to walk in that fullness, you must love the truth. And, and tonight, maybe you think like, yo, this isn't like so personally applicable to me. But I'm making a prophetic statement. Because if you want to stand, especially in this time, you'll see so many people, just even churches. They're changing their whole method. They're changing everything to accommodate people. But there will be no power. You maybe even jump up and down, you run out of there, but there's no change, there's no deliverance, there's no freedom. And I love what Reinhard bunker says, he says, if you preach the original gospel, you'll get the original results of that gospel. <laughs> Don't compromise, and I want to encourage you. It's The scripture is inspired by God, and at the center of scripture is Jesus, it's Jesus in print. And so this is what Paul writes, he says, all scripture... It's, it's profitable. It will grow you. It will equip you. It will complete you for every good work. So, sure. listen to this. And Jesus said he must go away. So in John 14 verse 17 and John 16, he talks in and, and the book of John, is a lot about truth. He says, The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The spirit of truth. Now you need to know this, that the world cannot receive the spirit of truth because they're blinded that's what jesus said but he says the spirit of the truth is going to come into your life the holy spirit and he's going to breathe truth he's going to lead you into all truth he's going to teach you he's going to show you so don't be afraid don't be afraid don't be full of fear don't be hopeless because wow we have eternal salvation we have the fullness of that life And so here in John 16 he says, However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Say, he will guide me, he will guide us, into all truth. (laughs) For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He he doesn't just say, look here, I'm going to set you free in the moment where you are, but I'm actually going to release you to know the things to come, because you're going to be free from this world. And I love what where Mukhen said the other day, you know, somebody drove from Johannesburg down to come and speak to him and say, you are going to be the next chief justice of this country. And he said, what? He couldn't believe it because somebody just prophesied over him and there was not even a chance. And then suddenly he got the position and he said there was, what, three or four people that actually endorsed him to be there. But he knew God said he must be there, so that's it. (laughs) And he stuck to it. And today, we have a lot of freedom in this country because one man stood up for the truth. Amen? I just got a stop sign. Second Timothy 2 verse 15. But be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So Paul writes again to Timothy and he says a lot of things to him about this thing. He says, you must learn to divide. You must learn to to discern what God is saying. Because there's a lot of challenges. And so one of the things I'm praying a lot for you and for myself is I'm saying, Lord, let your voice be heard in this town more than ever before. And you're beginning to see it. People are coming to Christ. People that are really hungry. The men of peace, the women of peace. And so when you pray for people that do not know the Lord, just ask, Lord, is, where is the woman of peace? Where is the man of peace in this friendship circle? Because somebody has started to open up their heart to truth and begin to ask for truth. If somebody is not teachable or not open, not hungry at all, then keep on praying for them, but don't waste your time. Maybe you must just sow seeds in their life, but when you go in, Jesus said, discern what house receives you and what the house receives you. In whose name you come. In the name of the Lord. So we need to discern a lot. What is God saying? But what is truth and what is not? You know, we even on the campus have people walking around saying, Hey, God is mother God. We have a lot of people doing a lot of things. And so it's the most exciting times to live in. Amen? It's not time for the church to be afraid. It's not time for us to react or to compromise. It's time for us to say, Lord... We know the truth, it's in person, it's Jesus. And from that place you send us the spirit of truth, which will lead us into all truth. But I'm going to present myself, I'm going to be diligent to God, to be approved by God. Not by people, I'm not working for people. But I'm not ashamed, because I wanna, I can rightly divide the word of truth. I can walk in that fullness and say, wow, this is who God is, this is what he's saying. Last scripture, and then we're going to pray. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And this is um, Paul writing to a group of churches. It's actually a letter that has been passed around and he says the following. And he's, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay, the, the yellow is going to go over now, now. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It talks about this completeness in Christ. So what he's saying, there's gifts that has been given to the church, which is the fivefold ministry, the apostles, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, all these guys, the, the prophets, and they are there to equip you. My job is not to go and do the ministry. My main focus is to equip people. Equip you to do the work of the ministry. The time for church, church, where we're going to church is over. We are the church. And so each one is doing ministry. And that should be your cry. Lord, I want to do ministry. So you are going to be in the law faculty. And I don't have a card to swipe to get into the law faculty. But you are there to go into the law faculty and to pray in the law faculty and to preach in the law faculty and to study in the law faculty and to become a good lawyer so that you can shine the light amongst lawyers. Because if you don't believe it, lawyers can also be saved and go to heaven. Amen. So, the crazy part is Ministry is not just preaching and teaching, but ministry is fulfilling the call of Christ. And this is what this guy's writing. He says, there's the edifying of the body of Christ. There's the work of the ministry that each one of us must do. There's no more consumerism. You can't just sit around and say, oh yeah, this is a great time. Oh. You know, that short man in front, his jokes was not really. He didn't pull off a, quite a number of jokes, you know. I was a bit distracted. But, you know, at least the soccer on my phone was great tonight, you know. Because Liverpool didn't walk alone. They walked f- together or whatever. But so, hey, you are here to be equipped. That is what church is about. That's why we do these schools. That's why we we cancel our long weekend and our surfing trip. It's going to be bad to come and listen to Dr. Cornebecker. Becker. Because hey, I want to be equipped. I want to do the work of the ministry. I want to walk in that place where I can rightly divide the word of truth. Because hey, God, I'm a saint. One, I'm here passing through. And so, he says here in verse fourteen that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I must take a break here because one sentence that Paul writes is like five sermons, you know. You think like, okay, okay, I'm just trying to get a hold of that one part and then he goes on to another part, you know. But it's so amazing, he says, I don't want you to be tossed to and fro, you know. There, when we went to Indonesia, we were on these small little boats going across the sea. And so, they call it a speedboat until we got into the boat and we realized, like, this is a dinghy, you know? This is like the small thing, you know? And so the waves got so big that we couldn't see the land at a stage. And then, Khona. I looked back and I saw the driver of the boat has got only one eye. And I thought, like, oh, Khona. You know? And then, one of the engines failed. And then at a stage, another engine failed, and so here we're sitting in the middle of the sea, and I think like, whoa, you know, and everything is going crazy, and I'm thinking like, oh, it's a kilo- kilometer there, and now the pastor that goes with us, he tells the story, he says, no, no, the guy, they asked the guy, does the guy go, to, you know, did the guy go to the other side, and the guy said, no, no, he says, are you not afraid, and then the the boat driver said, no, no, because there's a lot of men of God here with me, so this boat won't sink. And I'm thinking like, oh, so he's got faith in me, that has got faith in God, and this thing is going to sink now. <laughs> you know? And the dinghy goes like, you know? and then you realize like, this is crazy. And we were three boats. The amazing thing is not one of the other two boats came to fetch us. They just went on. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, all the others. And here we say he's starting to sing because if all else fails, worship, I mean. But it was like, Lord, be with us, save us this day, you know. But in any case, Lord, I've got a wife and children at home, hallelujah, you know. Then you start to remind God of all the promises. But the the picture he's using here, he says, you're being tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, So we see the church, and especially charismatic church, there's a wind of doctrine coming through the church, woo, and then everybody goes, woo, you know, and then the wind of doctrine comes that way, and then everybody goes like, woo, goes that way, and then everybody goes like, woo, that way, you know. Let me tell you another story. Can I tell you another story? Raise your hand if I can tell you another story. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, lots of stories. Okay. So here we're going to this place in India. It's called Varanasi. But it's a crazy place, you know, Varanasi is the birthplace of Hinduism and Buddhism, and there what they do is they throw the corpses into the river and they burn people there and throw the ash into the river because it's like holy. The Varanasi is the Ganges, the river that flows from Varanasi. So, so here we go on this little boat. And the next moment, you know, but what, what I couldn't understand, we asked the people, is the river clean? And the guy said, yes, the river is clean. But now the doctor said this river has got the highest form of cholera in the world. It's right there in, in Varanasi, something like sure. I said, "How does that work? You say the river is clean?" The doctor says there's a lot of cholera." And then the guy said, "Well, no, the river is clean. It's only the dirt in the river that is dirty." <laughs> so I thought, that makes a lot of sense. Let's get very spiritual about this, you know?" It's like not bathing, basting for two weeks and say, no, I'm clean, it's just the dirt on me that's dirty, you know? (laughs) So some of the guys in church shower. Okay, but in any case, so so here we're going on this little boat and now the next moment we just see like this cow floating here and then there's like another corpse floating. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. And so the one guy says, hey, look, there's a dead person. And then everybody in the boat goes, that side of the boat and the boat goes and then it tips and the water splashes in and then everybody goes that side of the boat and whoops and we almost picked up the cow in the process huh? <laughs> and so we're sitting there in the middle of our analysis all the girls are screaming and all the guys are like we're drowning we're drowning you know and, but in any case that's the picture that he's saying he says that every doctrine just comes in now it's the supernatural doctrine now we're running after this now we're running after this you know but if you don't discern that what truth is and hang on to your main thing, there's so many things that are going to come, you know. So that's why I want to encourage you. Please leave all the YouTube clips, all the YouTube videos. Read your Bible. Okay? Because it says this, there's trickery of men, there's cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But it says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the Christ. So it gives us a key. It says, Don't pursue truth for the sake of truth. Pursue God. And then love and truth will come together. And so a lot of people become Christian fanatics because we think if we only speak the truth to the world out there, then they're going to be free. No, no, the truth will set us free. But we must first love people. And as we love them, there will be an opportunity to speak truth. You cannot speak truth to the world out there that does not receive truth if we don't love them. And you know what? God does exactly the same with you and me. He invites you to himself. He says, I love you. And when you come, he begins to speak truth into your life. He says, grow up. I want to. I want to teach you the things of my kingdom. Come, I love you. Come, come. I want to show you who I am. And then when you start to surrender to who He is, not to truth, but to who He is, He begins to release truth that sets you free. a word in your life. And that's why He says, when we want to minister to each other, we it's a difficult part because we love the truth. And especially for us as church, we love the truth. But you cannot just speak the truth if you don't love. Don't just love. Because it doesn't help you to just love somebody and you love them to the place where they're going to go to hell. But as you love them, you're creating an atmosphere where you can speak the truth. And you're speaking them the truth. But the foundation of that speaking is love. So that's why we need to pray for people and pray for unsaved people. Because the more you pray for them, the more you're going to start to love them. The more you're going to realize that they're just lost and they cannot receive the truth. That person is sleeping around because why? They don't know what true covenant with God is. And so as we release love, we can speak truth. It says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so he's talking about this context of you and I, where there's an atmosphere of love as well, but you cannot just continue in an atmosphere of love if there's not also an atmosphere of truth and accountability. Because as you bring... That part of ministry to God, whether it's dancing or singing or shouting or just serving, whatever that part of ministry is that God has given you, you actually build into the immune system of the church to be healthy. But if you are isolated and you are not committed in relationship, the body cannot edify you. Because what's going to start to happen is you're going to get deceived. And you're just going from one event to another event to another worship event to another this event to another event. But there's no edifying of itself and truth with that. That's mixed. And therefore people can't be free. So the challenge for us is to have love and truth working together. Grace And truth, mercy and truth. Because mercy means where I need judgment or I deserve judgment, mercy triumphs over judgment. So God says, I'm going to be merciful to you although you deserve judgment. I'm going to be loving, kind to you although you deserve judgment. So that's why we see this, this thing of Jesus being grace and truth together. Love and truth together. And that's such a challenge for the modern day church because... You get churches that just go into the love and then you get churches that just go into the truth. Oh, God loves you and he doesn't really care about you messing up your life. So what did Umaravi say that is very powerful on that little video? And Um Osh said, because we're living in an atmosphere of relativism, morality even in the church has gone out. The back door. Because we're living and even truth have become relative to what you say and what I say and your interpretation or not, not to what scripture says. What begins to happen? There's no destiny and people become hopeless. And so the amazing thing is we're living on the verge of a generation that is so hopeless. But once they see the real thing, there'll be a great revival. Because you can't fake it. <laughs> You can't fake it with this generation. People are being bombarded with so many things, but the saturation level is increasing. And so sometimes people are going to just say, look here, we've had enough. Show me the real deal. Show me who Jesus is. And so when you and I as Christians keep on living in the truth, living in the love of God, something begins to happen. People begin to wake up and say, he's got the real thing. He's got, she's got the real thing. I realize everything else is fake. And you're going to see the, the society just going on and on. More fakeness, more fake news, more... Nobody believes anything about anybody. And now suddenly people become more relative. But morality goes out to your experience and my experience. But there's one thing that stands. Jesus. The truth. The person of Jesus. And so tonight I want to admonish and encourage and say, don't give up. Don't let go. Don't, don't think, well, ooh, everything is just sliding and everything is sliding and everybody's compromising. Maybe I must compromise too. Don't. Because God is looking for one man. He's looking for one woman. That says, hey, I'm going to love and I'm going to speak the truth. When somebody begins to ask me, I'm going to speak the truth. Don't be afraid to speak the truth. Don't be afraid to say who Jesus is. And this is what Paul is writing. He says, because there's ministry, there's stuff, there's an invitation for you to become complete in Christ. To grow up and not to be tossed fro to and fro. But now I feel like serving God. Next week I give up on God. Now I feel like this. And, I, and if that is the cycle of your life, I've got good news for you. Abide in the Word. Begin to say, God, show me who you are. And begin to walk in that truth. Will you stand with me tonight? Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.